You're listening to the Asphalt Podcast, brought to you by 405 Media Group. Let's get started. Okay, joining me today is Adam Joseph with Allstate Paving out of Maryland. And uh, just, I'd like to welcome you to the show here, Adam. And with that said, if you could, just kind of... John, let's jump right into it. You know, tell it, give us some background information on the company, where you're located, service performed, year started, ownership structure, number of employees, revenue, so on and so forth. Just kind of give us a little breakdown. Yep. So my name's Adam. Uh, I'm the owner of Allstate Paving. We're a family-owned business. We're here in Baltimore, Maryland. We're just south of Baltimore. Um, when I say we're family-owned, um, that really is the heart of where we started. Uh, my father started the company, had a dream to start the company back in 1990. And uh, it was, I was 10 years old at the time. So I, I literally grew up in the industry. But um, when I was about 18, uh, my father actually took ill. And uh, I was recently out of high school. And um, right out of high school, I kind of jumped in and started carrying the, the load of my father's end of the business in a sense my father and my brother my older brother were partners at the time and um so i started working with my brother right out of school i was 18 my brother's six years older than me he's 24. and we worked together for a few years and um i just kind of started branching off on my own um you know we knew that the business could be built into something bigger um i guess staying together but we were we were really new, really green in it. We were young, didn't have much in the way of equipment. It was really just manual labor kind of stuff. And um, so we just kind of branched off. I got married at 23 and um, my wife, who was actually my business partner, she, uh, she she's actually the owner of the company. Um, we just started building up our name, our brand. Um, we were still actually operating under a different name at the time of complete asphalt service. And uh, that was my father's business name. And my brother took his own own name at the time. But um, when my father passed away in 2006, it left a um, paper trail, some business items. Uh, my father was old school. A lot of things was handshake. So there was some paperwork kind of things that were uh, keeping us from continuing to operate under that name. So we changed brands uh, 2009, formed Allstate Paving. And uh, we've been licensed, bonded, and insured here in the state of Maryland, operating under Allstate Paving since 2009. So the biz, all, the Allstate Paving name itself is is actually 13 years old. Our, our family businesses, I, I like to say it's up, upwards of 30 years old uh, just because, you know, like I said, my father started the, started the idea and, uh, you know, we kind of took it to the next space. And I have two sons. Uh, they are the second generation of Allstate Paving. They'll be the third generation of business owners. And <clears throat> I don't know how much history you have about third generation stuff, but if you do uh, research, the third generation is where it typically tends to fail. Yeah. And I speak against that. And, and uh, I, uh, you know, I look at my two sons. I have a 17-year-old and a 12-year-old. 17-year-old is very hands-on in my business. He's actually like, 
he's like one of our main salesmen. Customers love him. He's 17 years old. He's six foot six and good looking guy, model. <laughs> you know, a lot better looking than me. So, <laughs> I wonder uh, why they're answering the door, right? <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. He has his ways with the women customers, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The old women really like him. <laughs> but uh, you know, so um, you know, they're so much further ahead than I was at, at this age. I am trying to do things right now to set them up to succeed in business. And um, as far as I'm concerned, the sky's the limit. And uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, I will continue to be hands on in this business because I'm, I'm, I'm not an old man by any means. But my goal is in the next, say, 10 years to to let them kind of run with it and see where they can take it. Because, um, you know, as a parent, you always want better for your children. And my hope is that they can be more successful than I am in this business, not not because material things matter, but just because, you know, just to be able to, to hang their hat on, on being a reputable company that's been established here in this area in Maryland for a long period of time. We have no intentions on ever leaving here. So it's, you know, it's, 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 it's their business to build. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. You know, I mean, the generations are stepping stones, right? You always want to kind of lift the next one up. Yeah. So, Adam, like, let's, let's, let's jump into that a little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit, you know, like, uh, so you're, it sounds like at a young age, you kind of bit a lot off, you know, I mean, you got the passing of your father, you got married, you're, you're a young guy still, and you got kids that seem to be pretty old for a younger guy. Uh, you know, what, you know, like, let, let's start with, with, with your dad there. When you look and you kind of go set, you know, first generation to second generation inside there, what are some of the tools or what do you think some of the lessons that he kind of taught you along the way that that are allowing you to have the success that you're having today? What do you think some of those were? So my father, my father himself was up in age when I was born. Just to give you a little history on him. And when... um when I was born, he was in an automobile accident. He was a pedestrian and he was hit by a drunk driver and uh, he was actually never supposed to walk again. Um, so. My father, to a certain extent, uh, physically wasn't the father that sons always desire or look up to, you know, like I never really got to throw a football around with him or things like that. My brother, who's six years older than me, was a lot of my father, in a sense, my father figure also. Um, both of them had a big impact on my life. My brother really drove me to um, to just be disciplined as far as, uh, my brother got married at 19 and him and my father were partners. And you know, my, you know, my brother grew up fast. So it's like I learned from my brother and my father uh, just how to be uh, driven to succeed. Uh, my father himself wasn't the best businessman. OK. He didn't make always the, the wisest business decisions. Financially, I guess you could say, but 
he did not have a lazy bone in his body. Mm-hmm. And financially, the success didn't line up with the effort that he put in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And he didn't necessarily fail, but he didn't thrive either. But I would say it had nothing to do with the effort that he put into it or the work that he put into it. He didn't fail or not succeed because he didn't try or he was lazy. So um, I've carried that same mindset over into my work. Um, I'm learning to operate in more grace with people. But at the same time, I'm also a no excuse kind of person also. Um, To me, there's not a reason why something doesn't get done. It just doesn't get done because you chose not to complete it. I don't know if that's right or not, but um, that's just the mindset that I grew up with. Because, my, you know, like I said, my father was no nonsense when it came to that. Just, you know, here's the task. Here's what needs to be done. Figure out a way to do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes I, uh, I see myself being a little hard on my two sons with things like that. It frustrates me a little bit. This next generation is a little, um, I don't know what the word I want to use is, a little lax sometimes. <laughs> I, I could probably fill a couple in for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I've, um, I'm learning how to give my oldest son, Luke, a task and say, okay, here, son, here's your task. I'm not going to micromanage it and tell you every step that you need to do in order to complete it. Because if I do that, then you're going to expect that from me forever. And I'm going to be holding your hand forever. Um, I need you to figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, here's your task, figure it out on your own. And honestly, that's, that's, that's something that my brother and my father both instilled in me was that, okay, here's, here's what you got now figure out a way to make it happen. So, you know, I, I feel like one of my strongest characteristics or traits as a business owner is uh, just being a problem solver because problems come up on our job all the time. And um, if you don't think quick or come up with a solution uh, quickly, then, then you fall behind. And um, I think that's where some other uh, contractors, not only in my industry and in other industries tend to fail or fall short is they have one way to do it. And, if that way doesn't work, then they don't know plan B. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, yeah, plan A is always the easiest. It's the best. I like to, I like plan A to work, but plan A always doesn't work. So I need to be able to, to have plan B and plan C and plan D in the back of my brain um, on standby, you know? So I, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that my father taught me is just, just always be prepared and always work hard. Yeah. And so when you see that with it, with your kids inside there, and like, I think there's always something interesting about the generational businesses as one goes, because you have your unique problems. Each generation has its unique problems. As you mentioned, your father, he didn't have a lazy bone in his body. And my old man was the same way in which he would just work his way through it. You know what I mean? Like things would get frustrating at the office. He'd jump out on the crew and just start shoveling like a madman, you know, and that like he just that like he grew up on a farm. 
he used that farm mentality. And I think that was that generation that, you know, hard work was their go to to get through there. With our generation, I think, you know, if, if you and I are lumped into the same generation, it was more along the lines of like, hey, let's put sales and process into the business a little bit, you sure. know, and that that was maybe a ball that we carried where I think the younger generation, it's a lot more with technology and how do we get technology implemented into it? So, and I'm sure 20 years from now, there'll be bad mouth in us and telling us that we did it all wrong, but it, uh, you know, that just seems to be kind of how that uh, transition works from generation to generation that we all just have our, our, uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the challenges that will appear during at that time. So, um, but Adam, okay. So you have, you, you've got the kids inside there, you've got the family, you got the business, you got everything going on. I mean, what is a standard, you know, you're waking up, you got a lot of things. I mean, getting a 16 year old boy out of bed and getting a 12 year old boy out of bed, you know, like school and, you know, as a wife, as the business partner, like what does a standard morning look like over at Allstate? So um, our 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 business office is 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 my home office, but our um, our shop is about maybe ten minutes away from me. Um, I am on the job site. Uh, I would say sixty to seventy percent of the time. The rest of the time, I'm on sales. Right, my son splits. My oldest son splits up time between sales and being on the job site, and I have yes, some trusted employees also that that run our crew but my typical morning starts um like around 5 30 in the morning you know um i meet my crew at the shop right now we're running uh, about eight men on our crew so we meet at our shop i kind of give them a little game plan rundown of what our day is going to look at look like and uh i do something that uh i hold dear with them every morning i have a word of prayer with my men every morning before we leave our shop. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, I am around my men. I'm around my men more than I'm around my family. And uh, my men see me at my best and see me at my worst moments. So I like to try and be some sort of encouragement, some sort of positive example to them. So my typical morning, like I said, starts with prayer with my men. We, we pull out of our shop around seven o'clock and we're typically on the job site within a half an hour to 45 minutes, depending on traffic, like, like we talked about earlier. Uh, you know, a typical day for all state paving. Uh, you know, we do residential and commercial work. Um, we try to volume work out. A typical day for all state paving is anywhere from two to three driveway installs per day. And um, because of this being densely populated, we're typically not mobilizing far in between jobs. You know, we typically are able to uh, say, okay, like today, for instance, we did two driveways and they were in the same town, um, same, same zip code. So, uh, you know, we were, we were able to button up both of those driveways and we were back in the shop at around three o'clock, you know, um, it is getting darker earlier. The days are a little bit shorter as we're here in the, in the tail end of the season. Honestly, I look at it like we are more or less working just to kind of keep the wheels moving, keep my men working. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's great to be profitable right now, but it's the end of November. If I haven't made my money by now, 
for the season. Then, then we dropped the ball back in August somewhere, you know? So for us to say, knock out three jobs in a day, this time of the year is, uh, is, is not something that we're striving toward. We're, like I said, we're just trying to keep the wheels going. Um, you know, a typical summer day from us for us is, you know, seven o'clock in the shop and we're usually back in the yard by about five or six o'clock. You know, we're going to put in a 10 to 11 hour day uh, just because, you know, the, you know, those, those longer work days are not as many. So, you know, we have, in my mind, 220 days a season to work. And I would say 150 of those are 120 to 150 of those is what I would consider prime time of the year from say mid April to early October. So we tried to make those, you know, those days count. We work six days a week, typically Monday through Saturday. Right. And I kind of, you know, like it, uh, it made me kind of giggle a little bit there for a second when you said, yeah, we have kind of a morning, morning prayer huddle because it brought me back to the point of how, when we first started talking to each other, uh, good old Eddie de Blasio. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> Actually, funny story Eddie. between Adam and I is, uh, Adam had expressed some interest in our services and Adam and I are going back and forth and talking uh, on the phone and the text messages. And all of a sudden he said, you know what? Uh, I met a guy who knows you. And I'm like, really? And me being in Phoenix, Arizona and him being out in Baltimore, this is kind of a, a strange coincidence. But he was asking people like, hey, I'm looking to get involved with an online marketing company. And this guy who owns a commercial, well, or is involved into a commercial roofing company, says, hey, I know a perfect guy. I yeah, I talked to him. He's a straight shooter. He's this, this. And he goes, well, who is he? He goes, it's a guy by the name of Brandon Stanton with 405. He goes, that's actually who I'm talking to right now. And it was just yeah. kind of a, a small world, almost a coast away. Yeah. And uh, Ed, Ed, Ed de Blasio, who he's speaking of, is a is a pastor here in our area that we used to work together with uh, doing some like uh, outreach with inner city youth. So, yeah. But just a, just a really, I mean, small place, small place. So uh, let's jump on to the next question here. So Adam, what do you think some of the biggest challenges you face on a day to day, as far as like your role, the business projects, you know, and how are you tackling that? So, um, To me, the business end of it is the toughest end of it. The work, it's just work. Yeah. You know, the actual installs, things like that. I mean, it's like if I had it my way, I'd be punching a clock for for, for somebody else and just doing the work, you know. Yeah. But I'm trying to build something here. Uh, you know, the actual work is easy, you know, and, and somebody outside the industry, you know, when we work for customers, they're like, oh, you got hard, hard work, hard work, and it's labor intensive and things like that. And I'm like, eh, it's it's just work, you know? And, um, you know, for me, some of the biggest challenges, honestly, are customers. Mm-hmm. We, uh, like I said, we are mainly a residential company. We do probably a third of our sales is commercial work, but that might be off of five or six jobs a year you know mm-hmm. we're doing three or four hundred driveways a year easily mm-hmm. without 
you know, thinking easily, maybe more than that, you know, we're knocking out two driveways a day. So yeah, we're doing uh, yeah about 300 driveways a year, probably somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, to me, sometimes the biggest challenge is dealing with customers. Um, you know, when you deal with that many people, you're going to deal with a lot of personalities. Yeah. Um, you have to learn how to become all people to all men, you know, um, you know, I, uh, I have tried to instill in my son and teach my son when he's dealing with customers to find some sort of common ground, you know, with them. Don't pull your way through the conversation, you know, don't, you know, don't do that. But, you know, the guy's got a fishing boat in the driveway. All of a sudden you're a fisherman, you know, you're, you know, guys in the race cars, you're, you know, you know, you know, you know, you need to know a little bit about everything kind of thing, you know, to deal with customers. You but, better look um, out him being six, six and teaching them the tools of the trade. He, yeah. you know, you know those but, yeah, I, knocking I, down the doors. I think for me, one of, one, of, one of my biggest challenges, honestly, Brandon is just, um, is just, you know, uh, you know, the customer base sometimes because, um, we try, we try our best to meet all of our customers needs. Um, I've learned over being on my own in business now for 20 years, I've learned, um, how much is too much rope, I guess, to give a customer, you know, because if you give them enough rope, they're going to, they're going to hang you, you know, and, um, you know, at some point it's, it's learning to set up boundaries with your customers as far as you know, how much they can say and how much they can get away with. Uh, at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy as far as I want to make sure that you're happy at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I want you happy, but at the end of the day, I, I also want to be happy. So I try to relay that to my customers that, you know, everybody needs to be happy here. Um, you know, when we're maybe, maybe a dollar amount is miles apart in their brain. You know, um, I can't ma maybe match what they want to spend, but there's got to be some sort of common ground because at the end of the day, they want their contractor happy too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my advice to other contractors out there is to know your worth, you know, is to know how much you're worth, know what your time's worth. And, um, you know, you have to be happy doing the job also. So, um, you know, like I said, customers can be a, a, a chore, as far as the actual legal side of business and things like that, I personally feel like I have a pretty good, good grasp on that. Um, I was, I was always good at math. Um, I basically do, do all of our business taxes my own on, on my own, as well as other people's taxes. I, I think I could be a CPA if, if this doesn't work out, but um, you know, the legal side of it is definitely important. It's an important thing for people to learn to learn um, different legal things about your state. Each state has different, different laws that they operate under. Um, you know, I, I understand uh, payroll and things like that, but I choose to delegate that to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, I think um, as business owners, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing sometimes is letting go and letting other people do things. Um, just because I have the ability to do it doesn't mean that I have to be the one doing it. Yeah. So I've, I've learned how to delegate 
different responsibilities to different people and outsource different things. Because if Adam's doing everything, then the business isn't going to make it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Adam, you mentioned customers. What's your biggest nightmare customer story? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) So... I've walked off jobs before. <laughs> I, I, I have I have multiple ones of these. Man, what is I man, I probably have to get my wife down here and ask her who's the customer I complained about the most or or something like that. Cause man, not one just like jumps right off the page at me. Um there's there's been, you know, um man, I'll never forget. We did a job about eight or nine years ago and there was so many change orders on this job. That's 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 the one thing that irks me is when the customer just can't make make up their mind. So many change orders on this job. Customer literally right on top of me. I stopped working and I took his hand and I sat him down inside one of our bobcats. I said, "Here, Al, you grade out the rest of the like <laughs> you grade out the rest of your yard." I say because apparently you know what you want and I don't. So. Um, his name was Al. I'm not going to say his last name, but yeah, we'll leave it at that. Was, but you know, listen, there's, there's, there, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. Um, you know, it, it trips me out. Some customers are, are easy to work with and some are, some are tough. You know, um, I worked for a guy today. I didn't even know he was home. He was literally inside his house all day long. We got to his driveway. I didn't know he was home when I, I got there. He never came outside. We got done. We're packing up our equipment. He comes out the door with a check. I didn't even know the guy was home. Yeah. You run into some people like that. And then there's there's some people that no matter what you do, you're not going to please them. And yeah. um, you just try your best and see what happens, you know. But nine times out of ten, it's, you know, if there's a if it's a husband and a wife, one of them, one of them is is uh, rational. The other one is it's not. I usually Hope that the other one will talk. <laughs> yeah. The other one. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been a marriage counselor, I feel like, on a job before. You know? <laughs> so, you know, where we've had know it all husbands and the wife sitting there kind of tapping her foot. See, see, I told you so. See, I told you so. And they start yeah. arguing, and I'm in the middle of it. And I'm like, listen, man, I. I, this, yeah. is, this is the wrong place for me to be. I said, if you guys need therapy, I got some good people you can call. <laughs> but uh, I'll say paving's not, you know, not not for hire in that in that part. Yeah. Well, we're getting pretty close to the uh, end of time here. I just uh, I want to fire one last question your way, and this just you know all the time I kind of want to go over something like a topic that's relevant at this time. You know, I mean, uh, what we're seeing right now, as far as where we are, you know, this is being recorded in the fall of 2022. And, you know, I mean, we've seen these surges in fuel prices, uh, you know, shortages going on, everything that's going on. How has this affected your business? And what, what are you telling customers who maybe had an expectation of it costing X and now it's costing yeah. more? You know, give me some instructions. It, it affected today. You know, the best thing you can do is communicate with your customers. Um, diesel fuel here in Maryland, we're paying six oh nine for it. I think we paid this morning. I can go back sixty days. It was 
380 something. It's up like $2.40, $2.30 here. I'm in, in, from what I see, it's about where it's, where it is across the board, across the, the, the country. Um, we like to be able to honor our quotes. Okay. Um, like I said, it's all about putting information in the customer's hands. Um, we have a disclaimer on our proposals. All quotes are good for 30 days. Um, yeah, it's a line on a paper. I try to, I try to hold to a quote, but I mean, at the end of the day, I have to be profitable too. Um, diesel fuel has been our biggest, our biggest, um, our biggest hurdle. Okay. Uh, just an operating expense. Our company goes through mm, maybe 300 gallons a day on average, somewhere in there. So, I mean, when you look at it as a week, that's 1,500 gallons a week, and you're talking about $2 increase in the last two months, that's $3,000 a week of operating expense. Just operating expense alone. Wages have gone up. What we've paid our men has gone up just because their cost of living has gone up. Not to mention our asphalt cost. So what is neat here in the state of Maryland, and uh, I can't speak for other states, I'm sure there is a resource like this. We have something called the Maryland Asphalt Index, which regulates pricing monthly on the price of bulk liquid asphalt that goes into making fresh asphalt. And it is regulated each month. It, 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 um, it changes on the first of each month. So on the first of each month, you're able to see what the actual liquid asphalt is being charged to the asphalt plants. And the asphalt plant, of course, changes their price. But you're able to kind of know that, okay, for the month of November, this is what our cost is going to be. Okay. And you're able to look back. I'm able to look back 10 years to look at a history of it, but you're able to kind of see how the history of it goes up and down throughout the months as supply and demand changes as heating cost changes and things like that. And you're able to kind of, in a sense, guess, I, I hate to use, use the word guess, but you're able to guess kind of where the pricing is going to be for the next month, you know, because when I bid a job right now, I'm not bidding this job to do it tomorrow. I'm bidding this job because we're typically 30 days out. I'm bidding this job to do next month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I need to have some sort of uh, idea of what I, what I feel costs are going to be in a month from now. And then just keep our customers in the loop. Um, you know, it, it matters more on larger work for guys that are doing larger work. Like I said, we do a lot of residential things. So, you know, if we see a, cost increase in the price of blacktop on say a 2000 square foot driveway that we're putting 30 tons of asphalt in, we might see a $2 increase on blacktop. Well, man, that's only 60 bucks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're laying 2000 ton of blacktop and you see a $2 increase, now we're talking about a $4,000 cost increase. So a lot of it depends on the type of work that, that each, each company in my industry is doing. And, um, yeah, those $60, those add up after a while you do enough, you, you know, you lose enough $60 here and there and you're going to feel it at the end of the week or the end of the month or the end of the quarter. But the best advice I can give and the best, best thing that I've done is just to keep my customers informed, you know, a job that we did today, this morning was priced out almost two months ago. Well, price has gone up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not that I dropped 
you know, dropped it on him last minute. But people kind of understand this and expect it. I didn't let him on to know that there was going to be a small increase in price until yesterday. You know, it's not that I'm just trying to drop it in his lap last second. But at the same time, I'm not trying to give this guy a week to think about it either. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. so I told him yesterday, I call him up. Hey, Brian, there's, there's going to be a little bit of cost increase tomorrow. Well, how much are we talking? Ah, maybe 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. And, you know, people have come to expect it. So as long as, honestly, as long as you're not trying to gouge your customer or hit them with something totally off the wall or unexpected, everybody understands right now things are costing a little bit more. And um, it's not, you know, well, if they're willing to pay it, then we're going to charge it. But, you know, like I said, my goal is to keep the lights on in my home and keep the lights on in my business. Yeah. And the only way that happens is, you know, if we're making X amount of dollars. We have a, we have a quota to hit for the week, you know? So I know that if we're losing, you know, if we're bleeding money here a little bit at a time, then it's, it's, it's going to add up. So I think the best advice I can give to others in my industry and just others in general is just, just to keep your customers informed and, you stay informed yourself, you know, it's, a, it's always good just, just to understand your supplier's costs and any things that they see coming up in the future. We got an email the other day that, that delivery costs on our trucking has gone up $5 an hour just because of fuel. So it's like, you know, you have to, you, you know, the more, you know, just, just better prepared. I believe that you'll be. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Adam, thanks for all your insight inside here. Some really good stuff right now. Uh, I'm sure others are definitely going to enjoy this and the information that you kind of gave out to them. Uh, again, thank you. And uh, I'm sure we'll uh, be speaking a lot more here in the future. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks, Adam. Yep. Thanks for joining us this week on the Asphalt Podcast. Make sure you visit our website, www.asphaltpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend, that would help us too. Till next time, keep being the best you.